Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show live on Call and App. This is one of our newer episodes. Really looking forward to this one. And we are live on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I really appreciate everyone to subscribe um, to the podcast. And bring these episodes pretty fast. We're moving pretty quickly. And today's is all going to be around biotech. Super excited about the journey that Eric and Janelle have spent in building their company. We'll find out a bit more about that, as well as their relationship and how they found it building out a company. So would really appreciate everyone's feedback. And please, please subscribe. We really appreciate subscribers here as well. And um, yeah, looking forward to this one. So first of all, welcome. Welcome, Eric. Welcome, Janelle. Why don't you guys give a bit of a background on yourselves and what you guys are up to? Think you guys are still on mute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I think uh, we have a little bit of an issue here with the Android version of the app, but uh, I'll go first as uh, Janelle just gets her things uh, set up. But uh, hello, uh, uh, everyone, uh, everyone listening. My name is uh, Eric uh, Osulewski. I'm a former biophysics student turned entrepreneur uh, after a cancer experience and uh, uh here I'd like to share today perhaps the journey that I've gone through with my partner in life and science, Dr. Janelle Resch, and uh, you know answer some questions or any other things that people are interested in. But I think it's also important to show that starting a business together, which is something that every uh, person investor tells you not to do, that sometimes it can be quite fruitful and enjoyable. Yeah, Eric, I find it super interesting. I love people building tech companies, especially as a partnership, having a relationship out myself. I find navigating relationships super interesting, so I'm really looking forward to the talk. Janelle, over to you as well. <laughs> hey, thanks very much for having us. Can you hear me okay? Yep, indeed we can. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so hello, my name is Janelle. Um, my background, uh, I'm an applied mathematician. Eric and I actually met in university in quantum mechanics class. Um, and I guess my background more specifically in applied math is in nonlinear acoustics. I did my uh, PhD at the University of Waterloo, and I've been teaching there for about 11 years now. That's super interesting. So we have some very smart people here. To our guests are very mathematical, very technical. So it's going to be a super, super session. Um so to start off with, guys, I want to know what is the biotech company you guys started, and please talk us through some of that journey as well. All right. Uh, so what actually precipitated the founding of our company was the pandemic, and if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't think anyone would want to take a risk on the kind of idea that we were proposing, and so our company called Pie and Power, where Pi represents Janelle, the mathematician in power. The physics represents me. Uh, and together we try to address this issue that in medicine, there's this bottleneck of uh, backlog and testing and so on, but also just testing in general is expensive. And it was one of the things that kind of delayed my diagnosis for my cancer. And so being given a second chance, you know, uh, to pay it forward, I thought, hey, how about we try to give back to this problem? And so we were fortunate enough to find partnerships and people who were like-minded who wanted to work with us and see if there was a possibility to 
create some sort of sensor technology that can allow you to do some sort of, I wouldn't call it diagnostic, where I would classify it as a new category, perhaps something like a pre-screening because it does use an inference model and it is a, a low-cost sensor. But in general, the rapid tests that we've been using to some extent are not as accurate as PCR, but they're still useful uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, reducing the, the, the curve or lowering the numbers so the system doesn't collapse because we often think of healthcare as being 3% capacity of the population. And during the pandemic, some hospitals had to deal with more than that. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, Janelle. Yeah. I mean, cancer is, is hard and difficult. And being a medical doctor, I know how much of a, you know, a mental battle it can be as well as a physical one. So, hap, you know, you paying it forward is, is very noble of you and, and kind of getting through that was a kind of, Love to dive into that deeper as well. But Janelle, um, over to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, if we would have caught uh, Eric's cancer much earlier on, it would have been a much less invasive procedure and treatment would have been a little bit more straightforward. It ended up costing the system um, as well as, you know, our, our own post personal experiences, but ended up costing the system a lot more than it had to if there was just better diagnostics put in place and better protocols and more continuity of care. I think a lot of, um, you know, the, the troublesome parts that we had to go through could have been reduced. And, you know, we see this happening to people all around us, especially with the pandemic and the backlogs. You know, we really have to change how diagnostics is done and early detection because early detection is key to uh, having the best outcomes. And I think another thing that is inspiring is, uh, you know, Eric and I are also both Star Trek fans. And, you know, we kind of watch this growing up and seeing how other Star Trek technologies have become a reality. Uh, that was also inspiring to us. And we felt that we could maybe contribute to something like that with respect to medicine to help bring us into, you know, the, the new century. So Eric and Janelle, I know you guys also talk about luck and persistence, which led to this journey of, you know, obviously you guys had a strong purpose and, you know, Eric, what you went through was pretty difficult. Um, what part did kind of luck and persistence play in this? Uh, yeah, a huge part. But my definition of luck is kind of, uh, I borrow from, uh, you know, the quarterback, Tom Brady. He says, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so, uh, looking back, I can see how these things connected, but going forward, it was kind of difficult, but I always tried to stay within, you know, um, the circle of problems where you're sharpening your mind, uh, developing new um, methods and so on. And it was a collection uh, from being invited uh, by Welcome Trust and Epic Games to work on the Big Data VR Challenge, which was visualizing genomes in virtual reality using uh, Unreal Engine and how that was actually quite useful, but it was useful for me because it then informed my cancer treatment because I had some sort of uh, genetic testing done. So then I was able to use, I guess, uh, professional level quality tools and code to make some sort of assessment sooner than the physicians could in my particular case. And so it was uh, these kinds of um, coincidences that... Um, helped me along, 
but it was, you know, the words of Steve Jobs where you're always looking back and trying to reflect on and connect things in the sequence that I just feel very fortunate. It's a series of very fortunate coincidences, but uh, like the, the pandemic was also another instance. I don't think people would have uh, taken um, the kind of risk on diagnostics. We saw a huge boom in biotech investments and we saw a huge crash uh, a few days ago. But in general, um, you want to expose yourself to as much ideas as you can and capitalize on the network effects. So we were very fortunate to, I guess, meet many people who helped us along the way. And um, I guess the story of, you know, sorry, uh, the story of being um, a cancer patient who went through a difficult experience is a strong story. But uh, but you sometimes require a little bit of uh, help from the universe for those sorts of things. I love that so much, Eric. And Janelle, if we go to you, I mean, yesterday I that you tweeted health tech needs more storytelling. And I think it definitely plays a part, right? Someone's mission, the journey. Um, it does, um, you know, ignite that commitment to a cause that, that you've shown. And the pandemic was a very interesting time. We saw this boom in biotech and health tech and tech in general. So the shift towards digital, people embracing better you know, ways of doing things that maybe hadn't been proven, but people had that appetite and investment was flowing. And we saw that for these last two years. And myself, when I started my tech company, starting a tech company is a risk. Starting any startup is always a risk, right? And you have to have that conviction. Um, and there are times like 2008, we saw the recession when a lot of these companies today that exist, you know, the likes of Airbnb and Uber, they started up. And similarly, COVID was a time, it was a time of difficulty and hardship. And that's when innovation occurs. That's when ideas come together. That's when people need to stand up. And for a noble cause like cancer, early diagnostics, it becomes important to have people who are willing to take that risk. And you both definitely did. So Janelle, I did want to go to you. I know you wanted to say something. Uh, I was chuckling there for a second because uh, when Eric was answering your question, the first thing I kind of thought in my mind was uh, that Steve Jobs comment as well. You know, you can only see the connection when you're looking back. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that uh, like the pandemic played a huge part of it. You know, this this idea that we were thinking of, we originally started thinking about it, uh, Eric in particular, in, in 2015. And when we first tried to attack this problem, uh, most people were very dismissive. So there definitely was uh, a shift. So I think, uh, I think as you both mentioned, timing is critical for certain types of startups and whether or not things are going to be successful. You know, if it's the wrong time uh, or if we don't have the technology of our time, uh, it won't happen necessarily. So we were very fortunate in that sense. Exactly. Timing is so, so critical. And you're right. Technology is exponentially evolving and you know, it's so hard to keep pace with what's happening, especially in industry like tech and biotech. So guys, I know you traveled to Hawaii. Can you tell me more about that the inspiration you guys got? Yeah, that was uh, one of the coolest experiences. And it was, uh, uh, again, a coincidence where listening to Eric Weinstein's Portal podcast, he had a guest uh, by the name of Garrett Lisi, a theoretical physicist, worked on some amazing work, groundbreaking E8 um, structure to describe the, you know, the, the subatomic particles and so on. And 
on that podcast, Eric Weinstein mentioned, hey, Garrett has this institute called the Pacific Science Institute where you can travel to beautiful Maui, Hawaii and work on a problem for a little bit of time. And I just so happened to, 10 years prior to that, read Garrett's paper on the day that it was released. And I remember printing off a copy for myself, printing off a copy for my professor and bringing it to class. And so when I heard this uh, podcast thing, this opportunity, I reached out to Garrett and it just so happened that Facebook said, uh, hey, we think you should be friends with Garrett. So my opening line was, hey, Facebook thinks we should be friends. (laughs) What's up? By the way, I've read your paper and uh, would love to come and visit the Pacific Science Institute. And he was actually very open. And so we started planning this trip. But it was at the start of the pandemic. And we knew about the pandemic from a, uh, a colleague overseas that it was actually going very poorly. And so we were like, okay, should we take this risk? Should we not travel? Traveling with N95 <laughs> in the airport when nobody else was uh, seemingly wearing masks in February was kind of a, a crazy, crazy thing. Probably the craziest thing I've ever done. So it was quite the experience. And it happened so quickly as well. Like, um, I also listened to this podcast with Eric and, you know, I I think I had to go to school the next day or something. And on my way back, he was like, hey, guess what? We may be going to Hawaii. And I was like, what? (laughs) I thought he was kidding at first. But the experience, uh, you know, not it was just a beautiful place, but the people there and the culture that they have at the Pacific Science Institute was so motivating and so refreshing Um, and you know, the promotion of what some people would call crazy ideas, uh, or new ideas was just very awesome. They have, um, I believe it's called like the Maui tech group in Hawaii. And so we got to meet a whole bunch of, uh, you know, Garrett's friends and the other people on the Island who are some of them were involved in DARPA. Some of them started their own companies. Um, some of them worked for very prestigious biotech companies. Like we actually met someone who did some of the initial research on the experimental chemotherapy treatment that Eric got. Uh, and so talking to all of these different scientists of different age and different parts of their careers, it was just such a positive experience and really gave us the momentum to keep going. And when we got back from the trip, uh, you know, during that that two week period or two and a half week period, we we wrote our entire white paper and then we used that to get into the incubator program uh, velocity. So that really kind of pushed us forward and, and gave us the energy and excitement to to stick with it. I mean, Eric Weinstein is super interesting. and I've heard, a, heard him a lot on Clubhouse and actually been lucky enough to be on stages with him on Clubhouse as well. And just his knowledge and um, the way he can just articulate himself is kind of quite inspiring and fantastic. And I love when Eric Weinstein, you know, is in a room on Clubhouse, it blows up inevitably because he is an intellect. And it's interesting how he played a part in this inspiration and, and what you guys describe as that journey is uh, super fa- fascinating for me because I know it can take a lot to start a company, um, especially being academics. Um, sometimes startups, um, it takes a different skill set as well. So, it takes you to back yourself, even though you have, you know, an academic career or you're successful in other ways to really take that chance. Now you both work together as a partnership and as a relationship. And I'm super interested in relationships and, and the audience knows in the human behavior show, we discuss a lot about relationships because I think behavior and psychology really manifests itself in a relationship. So 
doing business together, doing a startup together or a tech com- biotech company together, um, what is that like compared to if you were solo? We're, we're standing here looking at each other across the room right now, giggling, going, oh, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is quite the, uh, the interesting experience. And uh, I, uh, quite a few people told me in the beginning of this, you know, you should, you should never start a business with your, with your husband uh, or your wife because it's going to end in a disaster. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the warning, but, um, you know, sometimes it almost is like a very cynical view because I can't really imagine doing something like this uh, without Eric, without my husband, because the amount of, you know, time and dedication and commitment overall it takes to, to start any new business, but especially one in biotech or STEM in general with the amount of cognitive load and effort that you have to put into it. Uh, you know, if I wasn't doing it with Eric, I would probably never be able to spend uh, time with him because I would always be sort of thinking about this in the back of my mind. And so to have, I think, this foundation um, of his cancer experience and wanting to uh, help people and families avoid what we had to go through, you know, it really creates this, this type of bond and this creativity that we can feed off of each other. And, you know, sometimes we have really bad days or, or we're really exhausted about thinking about this and we're like, ah, okay, let's just, you know, not talk about this at all and, and do something else. But usually it, we end up coming back to it. So um, I, I wouldn't want to do any, like any of this without anyone other than, than my, my husband. Right back at you, love. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's so nice to hear. I actually love that. That, that show was kind of, how strong your bond is and, and, and that's great i think a relationship that's strong and works well together the complementary can you can't have a partnership that's as good as that right especially if you're trying to start something so i know a lot of people say don't go into business with family with you know it's some one of the cardinal rules almost but i agree with you guys i think if you have all those compatibility and those skill sets and and that combination i think there's nothing stronger for, for success that's and that's so nice to hear. Yeah, and I think one other thing, if you don't mind me jumping in, that I would also like to point out is uh, I think for, for couples who you know, may want to do something like this or, or start something uh, like a business or whatever together, uh, I think honesty is also extremely important. Like, There's no way we would be able to do this if we uh, weren't very honest and open with each other, uh, not just about the business itself, but our relationship and you know, what is it good or bad for our relationship? If we come to very difficult times, we try to be open and honest with each other. And that's also helpful. Yeah. So communication is a huge factor. I would say probably like Janelle opened my eyes in university. I met her, as she said, in quantum mechanics class and uh, like the goofiest intro, I could not have done a more dorky first impression, but her and how she was patient and understanding uh, really helped me transition to that kind of language or way of thinking because I grew up in a totally different household uh, being a first-generation immigrant, uh, I think, uh, from a mother who came from Soviet Poland when the Berlin Wall was still up, uh, set up a different culture for me. So it was not only a culture shock, but also... Uh, an emotional shock to see someone who wanted to connect with me so emotionally at such a fundamental level that it f- changed me as a person. Never been the same ever since. Oh, 
that's actually really sweet. And I love, I love hearing stories like that. I mean, couples, someone who, who I have founded a matchmaking app and super interested in what makes people tick and compatible. So thanks guys for sharing that. So I guess in times of stress, you guys have strategies that communication is key. Um, what else, what else would you say is important to, to this, um, in terms of, um, you know, looking at support in this relationship and a partnership, what would you say is needed? <laughs> comedy. <laughs> uh, a lot of comedy. We try to make each other laugh. Um, so I would say that on, on days that are really tough, usually we just try to put on some comedian and laugh about things and put perspective uh, to life. But I would also say, um, you know, having good supportive people around you, having people to champion, not just uh, you know, your, your business, but, but you as a couple going forward, trying to do this together. Yeah, that was one of the most wonderful aspects of being at Velocity was that uh, they had never had a couple apply together into the accelerator program. And they thought it was kind of controversial and wacky, but then other business advisors, uh, one in particular, uh, Jeff, he really supported us. He thought it was great that we were working together. I've, I don't think we could have gotten this far without Jeff. And uh, I think it was something that was quite profound uh, in terms of, you know, seeing that the world does have this rarity to it of people engaging in projects together. Like, you know, Cisco was started by a couple. Uh, Bill Gates and Melinda uh, started their foundation, but they're not together anymore. So sometimes these relationships last, sometimes they don't. And uh, having resilience is also very important. Uh, the comedy, uh, I definitely agree with that, but also laughing at each other and uh, not in a malicious way, but just way being <laughs> goofy. <laughs> and uh, I think that also helps a lot during stressful times. So we have, uh, we have funny uh, sayings here and there. So uh, to, to help mitigate that when we get stressed out or whatnot, but knowing that you're working with your partner, the person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with, uh, that you want to build something with them. You don't see them as an enemy. You see them differently than you would almost a colleague because there's this natural adversarial inclination that humans have. And to break down those kinds of barriers sometimes takes a long time. But I would say that, you know, not many people get to meet a person who becomes their partner very few people actually get to uh, meet someone like that. It's an emptiness that you never knew existed if they one day pass. And I think the cancer journey that I went through helped us become that much closer because I remember going through the cancer treatments and things and trying to cheer her up. And she knew I was cheering her up. And it was, uh, it was you know, they say when people go through intense experiences together, they kind of galvanize their relationships. They become like a special kind of bond forms in those moments. And I think that was also a very large contributing factor. That is incredibly moving. I, if you second, I should take that in because I think what you said is, is very profound and I can really, you know, feel that strength in that relationship over, you know, the hard times and then how you guys see good times um, and relationships can be hard and it's, it's in strengths. And I think you guys do talk about that and, um, understanding each other. And you mentioned quite a few power couples. And I think definitely there's a room for power couples who bolster each other and are stronger together. Right. And, and that's super, super interesting how you guys looked at it. 
Um, we do have a few callers as well. Um, let's bring them up. Um, take next caller. Yep. And in the, okay, so we have Daniel. Daniel, uh, welcome. You may ask your question. I'd love to hear from you. How do you start a tech company? Uh, carefully. <laughs> uh, it's difficult. Uh, one of the things that I would recommend is don't necessarily go to MBA schools. Uh, just go to your local university, find the um, accelerator uh, incubator program they have there, and they really help you pick up all of the tools necessary. But just reading about how other people started tech companies, one of the most profound resources for me was actually how Google works. And so that helped us kind of define even how we go about our daily schedule. There's this document called an OKR, Objectives and Key Results, what you hope to accomplish and how you know you'll, you've accomplished that, a way to measure that success. So having that process of going back and forth and uh, reviewing your notes and having this kind of uh, trail of progress that you keep track of is definitely important because unlike school where the teacher defines the curriculum, you're the one who has to define Okay, the buddy, no one cares. Shut up. No, sorry for that. Oh, we'll that's okay. that out. I think it's a bit of, uh, I have not had that before on this app, but yes. Yeah, so um, I think that's a super, you know, interesting way of looking at it that, you know, you, you, you do look at a lot of the people who are successful in Google, Steve Jobs and, I think we all should, and that's where I've taken my inspiration from as well. Um, in biotech, how do you think it looks different? I know biotech is hard, it's difficult, it's deep science compared to you know consumer tech companies. How do you both see that differently? Oh yeah, post Theranos, definitely much more difficult. Uh, the the kind of rigor that you have to go through, the moral and ethical implications, especially because biotech usually refers to people in medicine. It's not like a pardon the language, but it's not just another dick pic app. It's actually people's lives, people's health. And so you have to have a certain level of respect. Uh, you have to give a certain level of dignity to the problem to give it justice or, or due diligence. And so we've had to kind of go above and beyond to make sure that the kind of data that we get uh, represents the kind of claims that we're making. And so it's been an up uphill battle, almost completely <laughs> vertical but it's been very rewarding because the kind of progress that has emerged from some of these data sets is quite promising and the technology can be miniaturized into perhaps one day being in a smartphone or a smartwatch. So that potential possibility is kind of like the carrot on a stick that I have in my mind. And I think of me as a biophysicist, I spent 11 months arguing with seven doctors about trying to get a proper diagnosis. And by that time, the cancer had already on to stage one, stage two, I had to have invasive ENT surgery. Part of my tongue was removed. So if you think I babble now, Daniel, uh, imagine how much I spoke before. So to add a little <laughs> bit of uh, humor to that. And I also think uh, another important factor is, especially for biotech, um, you really do need people from different backgrounds. It's very multidisciplinary. Uh, you know, we don't just work with people in uh, you know, biophysics or applied mathematics. Uh, we have people from all different areas in, in STEM uh, working with us to help advise us because, you know, we have different uh, training and different experiences. So, you know, maybe it's someone in uh, neuroscience, for example, uh, or in math that can bring something um, to biology that a biologist may not have necessarily thought of. So you can just, you know, um, 
really bring these ideas forward uh, in a much more collaborative sense and kind of feed off of each other in order to come up with solutions that may be more promising compared to if you were just working with people uh, that all had the same background. Yeah, and one thing, speaking openly about it was also something that was seen as taboo. We've kind of, you know, given away the secret sauce or talked about the secret components. But at the end of the day, I think it's a hard enough problem that if you want to steal it and you go work on it on your own, good luck. Uh, I think there's a very small collection of scientists and teams around the world working on these next generation sensors that can change everyday life for people. Um, I remember myself being uh, sick as a child and how difficult it was in Poland. And then we uh, fled to West Berlin and the medical system there was just, you know, it saved my life uh, as a little child. I had typhus uh, fever and salmonella poisoning and it was quite intense. Poland had no positive outlooks. So uh, having these extended networks of people, other labs, uh, really gives you a better perspective, but also having some of these advisors uh, give you suggestions. It was oftentimes professors, other biotech experts that gave us a suggestion. Well, why don't you uh, look at that? Why don't you uh, consider looking at oligos instead of looking at large DNA sequences? Sequences. See how far down you can get. So it was quite amazing to see how hopeful people were willing to be if you're working on a problem that tries to truly give back. So that was an important thing to frame the problem in an honest way where we're not focused on, you know, taking over the world. We just want to get rid of disease. So one of my favorite podcast episodes is Disease Slayer from the Voices from DARPA podcast. And that actually inspired us to also go forward because the statement there was, hey, if you're a mathematician or a physicist, and you think you have some new way of looking at something, reach out to DARPA and we'll give you some feedback or support. And so uh, even though their support, (laughs) uh, they were unwilling to support us, private investors were willing to support us. And so sometimes you have to take that kind of approach, really try every direction. For sure. I think the advisor support you get really forms, helps form um your innovation or your company and it's super super important so guys it's been brilliant having you both here i can see how passionate you are and good luck with the cause as well i'd love for you to um tell the listeners where can they follow you guys find out more and, and what's next for you guys as, as company develops where are you at uh yeah so our website is pieandpower.com the symbol pi p-i a-n-d-p-o-w-e-r.com you can also follow me at astro underscore eric and uh, I think uh, Janelle's handle on Twitter is Janelle, Janelle underscore. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Janelle underscore purple, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in terms of the next steps for us, one of the people that did advise us, Jonathan Birdie of RoboVision from Europe, he said, hey, you want to do humans? That's great. But you got to start smaller. You got to start with something like plants. He started with plants and now he does cancer. And so he said, hey, try to do some plant stuff. And that's, in fact, what we've done. We found a partner who does um, uh, vertical farming. And one of the problems that they have is detecting pathogens. And there's all these delays in them delivering the products, which kind of reduces the value. And so they were willing to say, hey, we'll, we'll consider a pilot study. And the step after that is go on to animals and then eventually humans. So it's a little bit of a longer road. 
the regulatory framework requires some nuanced navigation, but I think it's important to be honest, especially in the age of Theranos, where if we came out with bold claims and, you know, God forbid something happened to someone, I don't think I could live with myself because I saw firsthand how difficult it was. Uh, not, not for me, because I would say dying is easy. It's watching your partner worry about you. That was the difficult part. So, um, that was probably the thing that motivated me not only to try to get better, but also to give back and was fortunate enough to do so with the partner, the love of my life, Dr. Janelle Rash. Guys, I've, I've loved having you both here and I can just see, um, the adoration you guys have for each other and, um, cancer affects so many lives and, you're making inroads and good luck with all that you do. I love the positivity as well. So big shout out to both of you. Um, and thanks for coming on the human behavior show to the listeners. This will be available on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Definitely subscribe. If you want some inspiration, how you can come out of something which is difficult, like cancer, a story of struggle and how a good, a pure successful relationship and, you know, using your academic skills, you can form a company which is for a good impact on the world. And that is, I think, really inspiring. So love doing this podcast. Um, and I'd love feedback from the listeners and do reach out to Eric and Janelle, very friendly people. And yeah, that's it for me. Thanks guys for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you. And definitely if anyone wants to reach out, please do so. Uh, you can also contact us through our website, um, or just email me directly, eric at pineandpower.com, and I'll try to answer as many questions as I can or direct you to people who might know something about it because that's what gave me the little boost here and there, people who were willing to share a few crumbs. So I feel obligated. In fact, it would only be responsible to give back. So thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. And uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, my email is janelle at com. So thanks so much for having us. It was great talking with you. Yeah, this was brilliant. Thanks, everyone. And I'll catch everyone on the next Human Behavior Show podcast. This was a great episode. And we're bringing them pretty fast for a week. Um, so do follow along. Um, we're discussing all things tech, psychology, human behavior, and wellness and health. So thanks, guys. Catch everyone in the next one. Bye. Take care. Take care.